into the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything, it's slow, it's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast from Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just uh, watched Season 3, Episode 6, titled Episode 3.5, KillProcess.inc.include. Uh, talk about the name. Include I mean, it, files? He, yeah, he, he explains the kill process, right. essentially. Um, but yeah, the include files, I don't know how it relates to the episode necessarily, but they're chunks of code that are separated off into their own files, that are then included in other scripts or other applications right. um, via a, a simple line of code. Right. So you can have like massive chunks of code that you just copy into multiple places um, by just using a single a single line of code. Yeah, they're they're great for putting constants. They're great for putting libraries for and logically separating code. Yeah, just yeah, so yeah. you know the stuff's over here. Right. Um, I don't know how that applies to this episode. Don't either. But I've been stumped by several of those before. Um, kill process is m- much clearer in this episode. What do you think of it? I thought this was a great episode. I thought it had really good stakes. Um, I thought it was very entertaining, like seeing Mr. Robot kicking his own ass. <laughs> like that one part where he's you know going down the stairs of the backup building he's he's talking about executing his next and in his middle of a sentence he just gets thrown down the stairs by himself was yeah. funny but also like frightening and like the amount of <laughs> abuse he got he had to take to get there uh-huh um i really like what they're doing with like angela's character uh i thought that some of the dialogue in this particularly that scene with dom asking her partner if uh he feels like lunch is almost tarantino-esque yeah that great dialogue in that scene like just, but just so simple. very simple and cool and yeah. natural and like you you kind of you're 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 feeling like you're in the room with them getting the yeah it's mouth up vibe uh i felt a little silly writing great dialogue in my notes but uh, <laughs> apparently you thought so too no so. i mean like i said it's not it's not quite Tarantino levels, but it's not far off, yeah. and that's that's pretty great. So I, I thought this was a this is a great great addition. It felt very finale ish. Absolutely, this like, felt like, like it could have been season th- season three ender. Yeah, uh, and in a lot of ways, it, it feels like it. It makes um, me wonder, like, what did season yeah. two look like if they stopped all that prison bullshit and stuffed this part to where they end on this note? I don't I don't know. I mean, that's it's all bygones yeah. or water under bridge. But. Right. I'm not going to go back and try and re like second guess season two based on the new stuff. But right. uh, I have been thoroughly enjoying it. And I thought that potentially this, I mean, my feeling on it is this is a better episode than last episode. Um, it's hard I, to say. I, I think you can make was, the argument for sure. I thought this was maybe more tense than the last episode even because there were a lot it, of in my scenes. mind, the stakes were higher um, because Angela wasn't, you know, hacking this thing to try and blow the building up. She was just getting the keys so that they could do the thing later to get the software on the hardware and then blow the building up. Elliot still had time. In this episode, Elliot's down to the wire or what could conceivably be the wire. Right. Uh, so for me, it was way more tense, and he was battling himself throughout the whole thing. Although I will say the fact that he was battling himself and in the building about to explode bled a little of the tension from me, where like really? him not being able to keep a building from being blown up and having all those deaths, I thought that was 
higher actual stakes because I, I didn't think. But it, but it's still the, at least not going to die. Uh, that's true. Yeah, him being in the building. Um, right. But I don't know. I mean, that battle with Mister Robot where he wakes up in a taxi. Oh yeah. Uh, it's great. I didn't know how he was going to get over that or how he was going to overcome. And and the real tension in the I... end, like convincing Mister Robot to do the thing that he wanted him to do. I thought was the perfect out for for the right reasons. Yeah, and, and where I did feel attention is where Dom was in that dark basement. Like, mm-hmm. like there's a Where's lot of silence and a lamb and the lamb kind of action going on there. And I because Dom could die in any episode, sure, or yeah. Tyrell could die. Um, so I, I felt a lot of genuine tension. I thought that was really good filmmaking. But no, nah, it's yeah, um, the, the I incredibly strong start. This is the, to the first six episodes here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there is one perhaps negative part, and that's that I don't know how the hell I'm going to cover this uh, in a recap <laughs> form because yeah. there's so much going on simultaneously. It's very threaded. My recap, I have, like, the, the beginning of this episode kind of linear, yeah. and then I have, like, the breakdown by character right what's okay because that's how i kind of did my the last third of my show as i threaded it i you know okay yeah yeah so that'd, that'd uh, but but the then they go. like they do this weird like coming back together and getting linear again at one uh-huh. point and then splitting off again and going threaded so yep this is going to be a real ramshackle recap but hopefully right. you can follow it uh are you ready to get started with that yes sir uh, before we get to the main part of the podcast, I want to talk a bit about housekeeping because, boy, we had a big week here uh, on Bald Move. Not only do we have The Walking Dead and uh, Game of Thrones and American Horror Story podcast, but the last two were wrap-up episodes and Mr. Robot. We also did a Bald Move uh, TV episode about The Deuce on HBO. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting conversation about the, the, the show itself and the, the, the politics around it. If you want to check that out on the Bald Move TV feed. Uh, Cecily and I just did a review of Justice League last night. If you want to see what the latest outing of DC is all about, uh, Jim and I did a playthrough of The Wolf Among Us for club members this week, and I was pretty proud of that one. We got, if you don't know, we always try, we, we play these telltale games, we try to take the path less taken, and we got single digit percentage of players doing the actions that we did which always that that's i feel like i've done a good job yeah when less than five percent of players do the actions that i did we punched a lot of people it was great uh and we also had our stranger things to wrap up podcast this week tons of stuff going on at baldmove.com uh check it out Okay, we start off with a flashback to young Angela at her mom's death party, dying party. It's not a funeral yet, but it's it's the the, the run up to it. A living wake. Why why let living the wake? why, why okay. let those bastards get all the fun? You See know? in another life. Yeah. Uh, Angela doesn't want to talk to her mom, but Mr. Robot uh, here in the form of Edward uh, Elliot's dad, I think real dad at the time. Uh, his living dad I think talks her I think through right. her fear with a sweet Back to the Future analogy. He also makes her promise to push Elliot once he's unable to, once he's gone, essentially. Uh, Angela's mom is refusing payments from an anonymous benefactor when Angela comes up to talk to her. And she's scared, so her mom tells her there will be another world out there for both of them. Making kind of promises that lead into uh, the stuff that the White Rose has been telling Angela all along. Uh, lately so yeah and like i feel like we're burying the lead a little bit here because 
the young woman who plays Angela is the same, yeah, literally the same actor who played the what we thought was a doppelganger of young self interrogating her last season in White Rose's suburban parlor. Yeah. Uh, that with the blatant Back to the Future reference has got people, you know, is it, really feeding is really feeding the theories of parallel dimensions, time travel, something something hinky afoot. I want to say it's confirmation of something. What what exactly we don't know yet, but it's confirmation that that Angela was in that room. Young Angela was in that room with Angela. Now, well, you could say, well, they got the same actress, but they're meant to be different people. Because that's, that's... in this episode, young Angela is credited as young Angela. In that episode, she was credited as girl. Yeah, so... like that's... The burden of proof, I think, is on you. Yeah. Like, like if they're the same person literally being portrayed uh-huh. by the same person, then... I, I, again, like I don't think the burden's on proof of of the the people saying that it's the same the same girl. Like it is, sure. it's literally the same little girl. Yeah. So um, I don't know. Like I also think there's a little soft, not confirmation, but more evidence about the Angela might have um, a Mister Robot process of her own in the form of her mother. Um, that we'll we'll get okay. We'll get to in this next the, the uh-huh. next scene yeah. where there's like like. There's a point where Elliot's got her pinned against the wall and like like this this like accusations of betrayal and his his anger and fear and hurt is really getting to her and at one point she just gets hard and shoves him away and then says Mr. Mm-hmm. Alderson are, are you even supposed to be like I think that to me that's a little bit of credence to the like that's that's mm-hmm. the Angela aspect of her personality taking over and there's also some parallel structure between the conversation she had with Mr. Alderson about having to push Elliot and the conversation that Mr. Robot and her had in the beginning of the season about, like, you know, that he sometimes needs help and a push. Like, I felt like it 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 did a good job of simultaneously adding to evidence towards popular theories and also muddying up the waters of what she's actually doing. Because if she, you know, we, we, we see this... We we see Mr. Alderson giving her this like you know you I need you to do this for me mm-hmm. in the future so she could be doing it just out of his memory right and then like her mom saying also uh, I'll always be there with you and for you I mean literally if she's like some kind of split personality with Angela that's 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 true mm-hmm. um, um, yeah also- I, I mean maybe I'm I'm still leaning toward Angela is not the same as Elliot, but okay. There's also this anonymous benefactor. Yeah. Lots of pe- speculation on that. Would you want to talk about it? What, my my your... first guess is White Rose. That was my first guess actually watching the episode. Yeah, because we know that the White Rose had some involvement with Edward, Elliot's father, uh, somewhere along the line with this project, right? And we know that, right. that um, E Corp was involved in that that scandal with the water um, that caused all the problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, it caused both of them to die. Right. But but we don't know what they thought about it, really. We don't right. know if they thought, hey, we're doing this for some larger purpose and that it was sort of like just comes with the package kind of thing. Right. Like we're doing something very inherently dangerous, so this was bound to happen. Yeah. Um, a lot of people, I think, are speculating that it was Philip. And that Philip had some kind of affair with Angela's right. mom, and he's the biological father. I don't know if That's... I can follow that down. And then really, the only hole. evidence is the father looked pissed. But uh-huh. 
But he could be pissed because she's not taking the money. It's a Walter White situation. Exactly, yeah. Like, you've got someone that will willing to pay for the treatment, and you're just not going to do it. Like, I think there is, is... that seems more reasonable to me <laughs> than, than the idea that there's like knowing infidelity or some kind of thing that right. he'd be like, oh, fuck Philip. And, you know, I'm just a cuck here. Like, I, 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 I reject that as well. I think it's more White Rose um, willing to step forward and take because, you know, we talked about how that part of the plot there, you know, that's one of the evidences of some of these alternate theories is the fact that, like, why in the fuck would White Rose not? Why would she fire? um is it what's what's uh, Mr. Alderson's chart? Edward Edward, Edward you, no. why would you fire Edward uh for missing too many day, sick days when he's got cancer that your top project gave him and he's also the one that got the top project's ball rolling yeah like that doesn't make any sense and why you. would cuz cuz like also in the emergency room scene with Elliot you know miss uh uh uh, Edward is saying to his wife that everything's going to be taken care of. And we mm-hmm. talked about how that could mean like full boat insurance. And is that mean that Alderson took a different deal than Angela's mom? Yeah. Maybe he did take the payments. Maybe he did. And she didn't. Um, is that like, like what, there, I mean, it, it raises a lot more questions, but it also gives us a little bit of evidence to kind of play around with. And I think her saying, you know, the same thing that white Rose has shown Angela about there being another world out there, you know, where right. they'll be happy in the play and all this stuff. And the Jews have to believe. Kind of lends toward the idea that they were, they were actually working on the same project together. Right. 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 Uh, it's possible, anyway. Uh, it, so there, there are some other references here, which I thought were kind of funny. They got obviously the Back to the Future stuff with the cartoon is blatant, but then next to the TV on the the TV stand, there are some tapes. Uh-huh. Did, you, did you see what those were? I saw a couple of them, like Pump Up the Volume, uh-huh. classic <laughs> Christian Slater film. Right, uh, she's out of control, which is about uh, isn't that starring Tony Danza? Uh, it is, yeah. And his he's got a teenage daughter that does you know act like a teenage daughter. But it also stars Wallace Shawn, which is kind of oh, funny. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Pretty Woman um, was another of the tapes. And Mystic Pizza was also on there, I think. Two Julia Roberts. I think so, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I don't I don't see the connection there. I don't either. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I'd forgotten that Back to the Future cartoon even existed until this episode. I'm like, holy shit, there totally was. <laughs> and it looked like it was the same production company that did, like, droids. The very short run Star Wars spinoff about oh, Jesus. R2D2 yeah. and C3PO. Right. I forgot that that Which existed. I think that same animation firm did the Boba Fett short for Star Wars um, holiday special. Maybe Christ. White Rose is trying to make a machine that can go back in time and ensure that the holiday special never happens. <laughs> it's worth it. It's all worth it. Right. All right. So we kind of talked about Elliot confronting Angela about her involvement. Right. She says it's all for the the good of the cause, and he just needs to see it through, let it happen, and everyone, including his father and mother, will be fine, which really confuses him. He wants to know where Tyrell is, but she doesn't say, and he happens to see this red wheelbarrow bag and realizes where Tyrell is. Uh, Bug Eyes in full effect in this scene. There's bug eyes all around. Like, it's funny that <laughs> that Darlene says, I see your big ass eye open the door. Yeah. And, and like Angela's mother has ridiculously large eyes. Yeah. Which are like very icy, very Angela looking. Yeah. No, no. Like, I they it's did a great funny job when, yeah, you look at the little girl and you look at her mother and you look at the adult Angela and you can kind of see. Yeah. The nose isn't quite right, but there's a there's a lot of similarities in mm-hmm. in, in that. Yeah. Um. And Angela keeps reiterating this thing about your, uh, my, your father, my mother, they're all going to be fine. Nobody's going to die. 
I don't know if she if this is just a delusion that she's under or if this is there's something else to it, but I guess we'll find out soonish. Yeah. Uh, Darlene's being interrogated when Elliot calls to tell her that Tyrell is at the wheel, red wheelbarrow. Uh, Darlene tells Dom, but Dom kind of believes that Darlene is still hiding something. And we never really get to the bottom of that this episode. Yeah, and I'm... The thing is, I wonder if she's going to think this coordinated attack is it. That she was like, it's going to oh, look really shit. bad for Darlene. Yeah. O- honestly, the way this is all shaping to hit the press and the FBI is very bad for Darlene and Elliot. You're right. Because Tyrell, like, if if you put everything together and the White Rose, like, three episodes ago asked Alex Jones stand in to start sanitizing his reputation, and he was doing the end of, like, puff piece interview with uh, Joanna, and, you know, he's he's it looks like he's escaped from confinement, and that he was uh, from his handcuffs, and he was trying to foil the attack, and... And his wife is dead, and he's going to honestly not know it and have this very organic, genuine reaction to it. It's going to make Darlene and Elliot look like they were playing dumb for the FBI until this thing can, until phase two of their plan could happen. Yeah. And, you know, you saw the criminal org chart. Like, if Dar, like, like, if, if Tyrell's not at the top of it, it has to be Darlene and Elliot. Mm -hmm. So, how are they going to escape from the FBI when they have all this pressure on them? I don't know. Um, there's some kind of plan that I think they hatched because Darlene doesn't say, hell no, I'm not hiding anything when Dom right. says that. And and we don't, conspicuously, we don't see Darlene and Elliot's interactions after she tells him that she's working for the FBI, right? Right. Uh, we kind of cut away at that point. Right. And then don't come back to Elliot till the very end of last episode. So who knows what they got up to, but yeah, you're right. It's not going to look good. Uh, Elliot decides to go into the backup facility to stop the hack from inside. Dom goes to her boss with Elliot's tip, but he wants to take things a little slower than she's comfortable with, saying they need they need to do it right. They might only get one shot at this. Uh, she's pissed, but she can't do much. And when she leaves, FBI guy, her boss, uh, informs Irving that the red wheelbarrow has been burnt. It's so great because the way he's playing this is indistinguishable from a career bureaucrat that's just trying to cover their ass. Absolutely. Like, yep. like, is this guy chicken shit or is he dirty? Yeah. Because everything he's saying is kind of true. Like, well, let's firm it up and let's sort and like do all this stuff. And, but I, this has got to be a tipping point for Dom. Uh huh. Like, she's got to start working against this guy because if not, they're just pissing up a rope. Yeah. And I think she is, you know, with the, the, the scoping of the situation at the Red Wheelbarrow, uh, with her lunch. Let's yeah. say she's definitely going. She's bucking against this guy, right? For sure, right? Well, yeah, she's taking matters into her own hands, but still, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, it's just, it's just lunch, you know. Yeah. All right, we go to Mar-a-Lago, where Zan Zhang obviously or ominously can't talk today. Promises Philip that all will be done by the end of the day. Uh, they make jokes about Trump and celebrate their mutual victories. And Zhang gets a phone call about the red wheelbarrow and says, you know what to do. Yeah. Changes nothing. I was surprised that I didn't see a lot of pushback from, because I thought this episode, this this uh, this interlude was the most blatant kind of Trump baity thing in the series. And I know that like much less kind of illusions and digs at him got a pretty big reaction. I don't know whether they've driven off all the people who would, who would react to that. <laughs> But, like, I, I thought, sure, because I'm like, man, this is kind of, 
this is kind of pitching it pretty high with the fucking hanging brain and yeah and 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 you know this lowbrow humor and like all these and like the Mar-a-Lago and the fact he's got no taste and all that stuff like but now nah, I didn't there wasn't really a strong reaction to that stuff. I mean, I, I wrote in my notes the Trump joke is a little belabored. It is. Uh, it, it is. It it feels a little eye to me. Like even if I agree with everything they're saying, uh-huh. I I it's just so weird it's it feels out of place I, I, you know what if, what 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 i what really didn't sit well with me uh the the white rose spit take yeah like yeah. maybe she is playing into philip price's boorish perceptions of uh her her you know chairman zang that she she's presenting but i just thought that was like i that in it, that was not within that character's performance envelope as yeah. far as I could tell, like maybe a Brit, like a, a brittle smile at his his crew, but like I, yeah, I didn't think that. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, just yeah, somebody myself. speculated that it was maybe like a just a genuine reaction from the actor, uh, and they decided to keep it in. But huh. I, this well, show doesn't feel because, like that because I, again, I don't, I don't think that White Rose would do that, much less Zang, right? right. Um, but you know, he's wanting to lure Philip into a. A, a false sense of, of complacency, I guess. Yeah, and they have this, you know, congratulatory moment here um, that is clearly false. I mean, we know, even even though we didn't know exactly what White Rose was up to, we knew that she was about to stick it to him. So, right. um, yeah, he she is trying to, I guess, cover the tracks right. by being as cordial as, as she can be here. Right. Uh all right, Elliot arrives at the backup facility and realizes that his bomb threat did not work. Um, apparently, they didn't know what kind of bomb to look for and said, nope, it's all they good. They looked for an entire battery backup facility. They did not. They, they looked for a bomb. They did not find a bomb, and there you go. You need to get the hydrogen-sniffing dogs in there. Uh, <laughs> he sneaks inside where he begins rolling back the malware update to buy time until he can revoke the stolen keys, locking the DA out of the system, Dark Army. Did you uh, have not a the problem with him? <laughs> Did you have a problem with him palming the uh, security guy's badge? A little bit, but ultimately, I don't care. I-, I felt like they did enough with the massive influx of people coming in from the bomb, and like what a what a clusterfuck that would be to get everybody reprocessed. And there's like people are uh, elbows and assholes all up in there that. And 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 they've kind of like shown that he's pretty good at sleight of hand mm-hmm. and that kind of uh, the physical element of hacking, the social engineering element that I, I I didn't have a big problem with it. I'm slightly surprised that Mr. Ro- it took Mr. Robot so long to figure out the way to fuck Elliot. Like if Mr. Like Mr. Robot took control of Elliot and then just took the key card and threw it out the taxi cab window, uh-huh. Elliot would have been a significantly delayed. Yeah. Um, now Mr. Robot did not know about that security pass, but you'd think he'd put his hands in his pockets and be like, you know, what's, what's these? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, okay. So I, I don't think either one of us had a big problem. No. And I mean, like. if, if the worst thing you're complaining about is the angle at which they shoot a certain shot in this show. Right. That's, that's a pretty damn good show. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, I have agree. zero complaints about the plot here. Other, other than maybe like, a uh, oh, was that fire big enough to cause enough smoke for them to see it kind of thing? But sure. there's such minor nitpicks in a show that has proven itself to be really, really strong right. and, and well-executed, well-conceived. I don't know. that. Like I look at something like this compared to The Walking Dead, which we also cover, and 
they're night and day. Oh yeah. And and if we pointed out every little thing that was wrong in the staging of a shot in The Walking Dead, we'd spend five hours on that podcast. Right. We so, do every other one, and it's still like a two-hour podcast. <laughs> right. So this show, uh, I'm I'm giving it some grace here. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Robot takes over Elliot. He wakes up in a taxi traveling away from the building. He goes back to continue the hack, not knowing how much time he has. Uh, and this is where the, the ticking time bomb starts. You know, he's talking about how he doesn't know if it's going to be two minutes or two hours, but Cause it's, it's there. It's not like a ticking time bomb. It's a chemical reaction. Yeah. Uh, the, the the air is slowly filled with hydrogen, and then you're waiting for it to hit a particular concentration, and then you got to get a spark. And, like, yeah, all that stuff I thought worked, worked really well. And mm-hmm. the idea, as soon as I realized what Mr. Robot was doing, which at first was just to get Elliot as far away as he could, just to, just a simple delay, and mm-hmm. how he kept ramping up his efforts to fight Elliot, I just, yeah, very entertaining. Super entertaining. And, and it felt very clever, too. Um, so there's this moment where he's trying to get, uh, he comes up to the building and he asks about the bomb and why people are going back in. And this firefighter, uh, tells him there was no bomb and these women walk by and he looks at them and he goes, Oh, wow. Uh, what are those moments about? Why the hell do they include that in the show? Because to me, it comes across as a joke that falls flat. Yeah, um, but I, I could also see it here. Let me let okay. me extend a little grace and say maybe these weird moments that don't connect to anything else are there to camouflage the weird moments that do connect. Oh, that's a, and do actually have like big plot points in them. Yeah, that's an interesting idea. Uh, my thought is like these are to highlight how different Elliot is from everybody else. The fact that like you know you got this fireman mm-hmm. that's just like checking out the the hot bodies going into e-corp and very much the same way that samir does like it further highlights yeah. how elliot is different from your average person that like he's not he's he's not focused on that one one bit so i guess that was hmm. what i okay. was thinking they were doing with it yeah i suppose so um okay we go to darlene calling dom to try to get some info about the tip she gave them Dom gives her nothing, and she reiterates her suspicion that Darlene's hiding something. And Darlene leaves her house, telling off some Girl Scouts in the process. No, that's the thing. Like, what's Wrong up with fucking that? day, kids? Is that just because? Like, I mean, that's like, does that? That's a joke. That, yeah, that's just for that fun. Doesn't have yeah. to mean like everything doesn't have to mean everything, right? Um, I can tell you for sure that Darlene does puzzles all wrong, though. Like, oh. how? Who doesn't put together the border of a puzzle first? Hmm. It's the most important part, and she. I, I got, sometimes do. You and Darlene are both lunatics. I, I go for what I think is the most distinctive part of the puzzle, and I start building that. And then, wow. like sometimes that's the edge, sometimes it's the middle. It I just feel depends. Like, I feel like unwaveringly, um, th- the edge is the most distinct part of the puzzle, right? I mean, you know, if you find an edge piece, you, you, yeah. I mean, I definitely set the yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm not a big puzzle guy either, so like I'm going to bow okay. out of this conversation. All right, you're doing it all wrong, Darlene. I maybe put three together in the last 15 years, and two of the three of those <laughs> were with my all three of those were with my son. So, all right. Um, so here's where things get a little tricky in the recap. Uh, the editing, I have to say though, is super solid, and it gives you this feeling of everything converging. At yes. just the right moment, and with and it heightens the intensity by intercutting all these things. Yes, um, it's so so good. So we start off with I think I think we should start with Tyrell. <clears throat> um, 
he's pissed off when he finds out that he's not going to be seeing his family and he thinks Irving is going to kill him. Instead, Irving hands him instructions inside an envelope, tells him to burn them after he follows them, and we see Tyrell burn the envelope. And I'm going to stop it there because it does go linear again for a minute and then yeah. it branches off again. Okay. Um, I, I think it's funny how they put foam on the wall in this basement, that sound foam. Because uh, I like immediately recognize what it is, and I think uh-huh. the art department's like, eh, no, nobody cares. Yeah, the, this is just like a wall with a weird design, right? Uh, but in our studio, I'm staring at some of those things right now. <laughs> yeah, it's acoustic tile. Yeah, keeps down the the echo and the 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 noise penetration. Uh, so what are what? It's just Tyrell getting the envelope from Irving. Uh, I mean, that, finding that's... out that. That's mildly frustrating in that, like, I feel like Mr. Robot does this a lot where we have this weird, like, double-sided cliffhanger where we don't know what's going to happen and also we don't know what did happen. Okay. Like, yeah. that that note... Like, we I, don't know it, what's in it. I feel like there's no reason for us not to know what's what's it and what, what's on that paper other than to yeah. keep, it, uh, keep us in suspense what the latest twist is. Yeah, and I'm trying to even infer because, like, there's some thing where he's going to handcuff himself to the bed right and then burn and then he the... decides not to uh no i think he was supposed to that's but you're supposed to suggest that he has escaped like the dark army has yeah, but he put would this have plan in motion himself. and they burn him yeah what you can yeah but why would he so he changed his mind after he handcuffed himself no i think he handcuffed one side the other side's open to imply uh-huh. that he escaped Oh, he's trying to leave a trail. Yeah, he's trying to lead a false trail that shows mm. that he... I, I think that this is to set him up to make it look like that he was held against his will this entire time and was actually okay. a good guy. And that's why White Rose wanted to rehabilitate his image. I don't know why she's interested in saving him at the expense of what it seems like Darlene and uh, and Elliot. But, you know, on the other gotcha. hand, she, she did phase two. We don't know that... That there'll be any that there will be a phase three, and if there is a phase three, that Elliot is going to be involved. Yeah, I mean Tyrell's been like uh, this loyal. Seems, at this That's point, the difference. at this point, I wonder if they're going to do something where Elliot and Darlene and and the rest of F Society that they may or may not recruit um, has to go. Like they're no longer working with the Dark Army. They're now like they're not involved in the next phase. They're actually actively trying to stop it and and evade detection. And I think that question that Elliot asked at the end about Mr. Robot and who's he going to be fighting. um, Right. I think that that kind of leans into that idea. Right. All right, let's go over to Dom. Um, So we we talked about this fire. Dom decides she's going to go get lunch with her partner, which is code for scoping out the red wheelbarrow. Uh, Once inside, she lingers for a bit until she notices the smoke from the fire that was set by Tyrell. Uh, she calls it in, then she goes downstairs where she finds Terrell's stuff and a hidden passage. Yep. And yeah, like you said, I really like the the dialogue and this doofus doofus partner and hers go get lunch scene. I don't think he's that big he's, of a he's doofus at on this me. point. Yeah. yeah, like he was a little oblivious, but he's he 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 didn't have his head up his ass when they're talking to San Diego. Right. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, I could eat. No, I'm, I'm thinking about getting lunch. And he realized like there's something weird about the yeah his boss. Right. Not wanting to go full hog on this, but yeah. Um, that I is uh, actually their the best-selling combo, the full hog. Yeah. With it's... the side of fries and uh, gravy and mash, mashed potatoes. Yep. Or I guess it would be mac and cheese at a, a barbecue joint. The 300-pound burger. <laughs> <laughs> Sandwich, I suppose. Uh, 
anything you want to say about Dom's stuff there? No, just like I said, I thought the dialogue was 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 really effective. Okay, and, and it was tense when she goes down into that basement. It sure was. Uh, so we go over to Elliot, and his computer is gone when he gets back inside the building. Uh, he finds a computer lab where he tries to hack again. Mr. Robot continues to take over, but for shorter and shorter periods of time. Um, I, I really... So I thought this was a brilliant idea, them just cutting cutting time on us. And they did it with a really cool effect. Um, and, and they they made some very intentional comedy out of it. Like when he comes running back into this conference room for the second time, or, or this computer lab rather, and he's out of breath and he's wide-eyed and this other guy is looking at him like, what the fuck And how that doing? continues to build up until, until Mr. Robot smashes. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like being in one of those like kind of computer labs and like just what would you, it's like this guy, yeah. like imagine being in, in like some conference room where this guy keeps having this increasing bizarre reaction and leaves and comes <laughs> and leaves. Running, yeah. Yeah. And then he just comes in and body slams one of the, one of the, the, the boxes. It's crazy. Yeah, that was that was awesome. Really, really good editing uh, with the, with the effects and the the time cuts. I thought it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so during this, Dom's boss calls his mom and tells her to stay at home today, which was confusing to me because I'm like, is she going to the backup facility of E Corp? Right. Uh, by the end of the episode, it all made sense. Well, also, I just don't think you want to be anywhere outside downtown yeah. New York when a you know a building's going off. Absolutely. A little bit of, uh, you know, our favorite character from Independence Day, you know, calling his mom to tell him to, to tell her to stay out of the, the, the Harvey Fire. Oh yeah, Fire, Fire Steen, Feinstein. Yeah, yeah. Da- David. Yeah. I've got to call my doctor. Got to call my mother. Got to call my lawyer. <laughs> Screw my lawyer. That's what he was. He was all about. Right. <laughs> uh, and we get some Angela stuff too. There's a guy on a train. Uh, with an F Society mask who holds up two old ladies who give over their purses. And when Angela's asked to do the same, she sits silently staring at the man until he runs out of the train. And the old ladies can't believe that she'd risk her life like that. Right. She's got faith, man. She's she's believing. Uh, there's a little Easter egg here on the, the subway. Did you catch the, the Caitlin Doubleday in Repulsion poster behind those old ladies? No. Uh, so Caitlin Doubleday is Portia's older sister. Oh. Um, and there's there's a lot more. It's something about Repulsion and Roman Polanski's film, and I don't know anything about that, and I briefly skimmed it on Reddit, but it didn't make a lot of sense to me. Okay. But there's some tie-in with, with like, the story here, but I don't know what it is. Which Sorry. movie of Roman's? Repulsion. Okay. Or it might have been, like, a, a book that the movie was based on. I'm not sure. Okay. Anyway, um... So, I don't, I don't know why in my notes I have no one's going to die here in this section. This could be out of place. Oh, because that's that's what Angela says um, as a way to dismiss like Darlene because she's like you know no one no um uh or uh, she oh, she says yeah. she, she, when the old that's ladies say on. you could have died she says no no one is going to die today right right and I don't know if that's proved false at the end or uh, that, yeah, is that fuck part yeah like a thousand well, are dead no no hear me out or okay. is that part of her belief system in what White Rose promised which is some alternate dimension yeah, or time travel that's, or, I, I'm very interested to see what the fallout of next episode is because if she says you promised to everyone to be evacuated and he's right. like no one died in the building that you were worried about like mm-hmm. that a certain point of view shit 
is not going to fly with Angela. I don't think. I don't think her name's Luke Skywalker, and this guy's not Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. Um, but and and if she's just really means like in the sense that well, White Rose can bring anybody back, that doesn't uh-huh. fly with me either. Because then why would she be a? Why would she worry about yeah. uh, the the evacuation? That's fair. So there's a little inconsistency, and I'm, I'm interested in how they're going to resolve it. I think I feel like they will. I just don't know how. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so running out of time and fighting Mr. Robot the entire way, Elliot heads down to the room where the UPSs are kept, uh, the battery room as he calls it, in order to fight to use a fire suppression system to prevent the explosion. Um, I, I thought this whole sequence was just awesome. Uh, from the time he gets thrown down the stairs oh, to God, that's... seeing this guy in the sub-basement... Yeah. Uh, who's like, are you okay, buddy? Yeah, and then no. slamming his head against it's the wall. It's both funny and cringe. Like when yeah. he he takes some headers on those pipes, it's brutal. <laughs> it really is. It is really brutal. And him getting thrown down the stairs, uh-huh. like that that first one. It's like because you know, I mean, I thought the whole idea of Mister Robot fighting him was pretty entertaining, but like literally, like like he's he's beating the shit out of himself. Was yeah. I, I just thought it was it. It, it just hit everything. It was cool. It was awesome. It was inventive. I didn't see it coming. It was funny. This this is like the left field hypothetical stuff I think about when I, you talk about split personalities right. that can control the body of one person. Right. Like, that's exactly what, the kind of stuff that I want to see. And I'm yeah, yeah. kind of surprised that they waited this long. I mean, there is that coffee coffee bar scene or computer right, lab right, scene right, right, early, right. early yep, on, but... Yep. That was just a taste of it. This is the full thing. Yeah, and like you wonder, like what other tricks do they have up their sleeve? This is the and, full and, and, and also, like <laughs> Elliot's dialogue was smart. Like he's like, well, shit, you know, is this going to come down to who wants it more? Yeah, and this can't like this can't be another one of my shitty prison stalemates. Which I wonder if is a little bit of a self commentary on last season, because if Mister Robot stalemates me, then 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 he wins. I lose. Like yeah. I, I liked. How his internal monologue felt like it kept us up at the stakes the entire time. Um, and you never quite get – I don't get the feeling from Mr. Robot that he's actually afraid to kill Elliot here and, right. and therefore himself, you know? Right. I get the feeling like he's do, willing to do whatever it takes. And the only way that Elliot is able to succeed is by convincing him that there are no records in the building and that this will not accomplish his goal. Right. And so when fighting it, him is pointless. When did – Elliot realized that there were no documents in the building. That's a damn fine question. And that's where, like, that's a one minor problem because I've thought about that a long time and I, it's not obvious. So Elliot... If he knew the building was empty... Well, but here, here's, here's the thing. So he kind of always knew that in the beginning because he's the one who took all the documents and sent them afar, right? But I thought the, the whole, we found out one of the things is that during the weekend that he lost but only mr robot knows that stuff so mr robot is fighting as if the documents are there elliot's fighting as if they're not there and he needs to save the people and and those two i think so yeah i think that's how it's going because at why did then why at, at some point he's like i can't stop the bomb going off i have to save the people yeah maybe you're right maybe you're right because i thought we were supposed to understand is that elliot saw that they uh-huh. had he had, that like like I thought I thought there was a scene where he called up the shipping manifest and found that they had fixed that problem over the weekend. Oh yeah, you might be right, but they didn't come out right. And, but that's what I'm saying. Like there's I, I either misunderstood something last week or this week or I missed something. 
I mean, I'm I guess sure those, what it is. those were false shipping manifests. Like they had they had hacked then how, in. Then how and does he know? The then how does he know they're the the new ones are good? Like I, I don't know. And, how does he? The other thing is, if he knew that all along, wouldn't that be the first thing he tried? Yeah. Like, look, this is an empty building. What the fuck? I mean, it took him some some logicking to get to get there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's not clear uh, to me exactly how he knew the things he knew and when he knew it. Yeah, that's fair. I think there's a missing piece. Like here. I, I know, for, I know, like I, I, I know Darlene's that puzzle. Mr. Robot doesn't know the things he knows, and vice versa. Yeah, but yeah. it wasn't clear to me even how Elliot knew the things he knew. Okay. Um. So after Dom finds Tyrell's basement, her boss shows up there, and he is very angry that she moved in without permission. But he has to admit, uh, for fear of blowing his cover, that it brought them closer to finding Tyrell, and that was a good thing. So he sends Dom back to the office to examine the evidence they're gathering. Uh, spoiler alert, she won't make it there. <laughs> uh, and here's where we kind of go non-linear I, again. I also like that San, San Di- uh, Santiago scene with Dom because, like, she plays that like she knows exactly what's going on here. Uh-huh. And But she's smart she enough does. not to be, like, let on. Yeah. Um, because because it, she probably would be a very lonely person trying to go against someone very high up in the FBI. Yeah, she's got to know at this point. It's like her the body language time. is like the whole time is like the, you're a fucking rat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we go nonlinear again. We've got Darlene and Angela uh, in a scene here where Darlene goes to her house. She's pissed off that she's manipulating Elliot or that Angela is, and continuing with phase two despite the potential of killing a bunch of people. And she gives Angela one last chance not to turn her into the FBI, but before that can happen, they both get alerts on their phone. Uh, we don't really know yet what's happening. Yep. Uh, that was a very funny line where she says, I can see your big ass eye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> through, through the door. Um, Dom goes to get a coffee, and as she turns around, Tyrell runs in the middle of the plaza and surrenders, shouting about people dying and to that they need to stop the attack. And we still don't know exactly what people are on about here. Uh-huh. Uh, then Elliot, when he arrives at the battery room, he can't open the door, so he tries to convince Mr. Robot that there are no records in the building by showing them the manifests. And he's convinced, and he opens the door. And Elliot stops the explosion. Then as he's walking down the street, he's questioning what's next for him and Robot. Yeah, and I'm like, this is, okay, this is a nice arc. He, he It's a two, whole two episodes, but they, like, they're, they're really... Something has changed fundamentally about the relationship of Elliot and Mr. Robot and the Dark Army and White Rose, and that's cool. We moved to four, and, and you know, nothing too crazy and world-changing uh, happened. Uh-huh. And I was perfectly willing to fade to black at this point. <laughs> like, I'm like, good Dude, episode. There good are, episode. like, three false endings in this episode. Like, okay. you, you could have ended with that scene with Angela and Darlene getting the phone alerts. True. Uh, if you really wanted to be a dick. If you wanted yeah. to be the ultimate dick, you could have ended when <laughs> Elliot looks up at the screen to find out what's going on, and they cut the sound. Right. You could have ended it there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was actually, frankly, shocked that they actually let us in on the thing at the end of this. Yeah, yeah. Instead of leaving it a big cliffhanger. But they did, and I'm really glad. So he sees on this news report um, that there were 71 E-Corp buildings blown up across the country, and that this essentially was all a distraction to keep him at bay while white rose does a a bigger plan makes a bigger move right um but see that's the thing like i don't know that like this is this was tyrell's plan right 
when he said, I need the full might of the Dark Army, this is what he was talking about. Instead of blowing yeah. everything up into one building, we need to plant explosives in all 71 of these. And although I, I don't And know, I think the the riot, I mean, obviously, was part of his that plan was part to of keep it. Elliot, and, his attention yeah, focused there was on a, the wrong there was place. Multi, yeah, it was essentially uh, to to pull this off in, in plain sight so Mr. Robot couldn't foil it. Yeah. Um, and to use the brilliant thing is to use the work that Elliot had done right. to blow up more records than he than he probably would have otherwise. Yeah. Like if I, you can't ship all the records centrally, right. blow up the rest of the buildings. Right. And I also I thought so like I we had a little off the records discussion about whether White Rose is like too yeah. godlike in her powers of perception almost. and planning and on one hand the show suggests that she might be she might be right. omniscient or have some kind of access to inf- information or technology that would be indistinguishable from magic. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I, I think that the show makes kind of a compelling statement that she was able to think on her feet and, like, there was this cat and mouse game between Mr. Robot and Mr. Elliot and or and Elliot, and she suggests uh, between her and Tyrell, they both came up with a plan of action that would check all their boxes and ensure the success of phase two and also not have to kill Elliot or sideline him. Yeah. It looks like this plan has been brewing for quite some time because like, like you mentioned earlier in the episode, that scene with the TV host, right? Right. Where she says, Hey, point the spotlight away from Tyrell. Right. Right. That's part of this. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it's been, and, and, and it's been a while since that happened. And I'm wondering, cause that's the thing. Like, I don't know. If if it's so important to keep Elliot and Mr. Robot engaged mm-hmm. and for them not to die, because the quickest thing, to, the easiest thing would just be to shoot Mr. O, you know, to shoot sure. Elliot. Yeah. Um, why does it seem like everything, the, like a giant, like, like pallet of bricks is going to land on Elliot next, next week mm-hmm. in the form of the FBI, him being the number one terrorist suspect in the world? That, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not know. certain why they wanted to keep Elliot around. Like, what further significance is he going to be through the plot? Is it some kind of control over Angela? But that seemed like a White Rose gambit just to fuck with Price. Well, but no, sort of. I mean, yeah, she kept right. him Angela's on mission special. and focused in the wrong place. Angela's special because she was invo- her mom was involved in the original project. So, yeah, that's that's selling her involvement a little too short. But I'm, I'm saying, but, but it, I'm not sure. There's nothing to really a, say. It is a big mystery about yeah. why Elliot was fucking indispensable, even though he did nothing but fuck up the plans. Yeah, and why? And and if he is indispensable, then why are they just going to throw him to the wolves immediately after? Which it seems like was the plan. And how much of a distinction does White Rose make between Mister Robot and Elliot as well? Because she can't take out Elliot without yeah, taking no, out Mister Robot. And if he's instrumental in the plan, right? Yeah, then maybe she can't just kill him yeah yeah no, you're right about that so not sure um like we said this feels like a season finale honestly i thought the the editing was so fucking good in this episode uh it's some of the best that i've seen in any show period yeah and and the way they use music and sound and and just it hypes up and how wide the focus was like all like you're looking at dom you're looking at Darlene and Angela, you're looking at Elliot, you're looking at 
uh, Zang yeah. and Pry, like, and and yet they're able to just shuffle that and keep that action moving with like, yeah, three or four seconds, like of this and then that, and it really it, was, yeah. And sometimes you're cutting back and forth between, and then when you're saying like, like Elliot at the keyboard just typing, yeah, and, that's, and something else that's intense. You that, know? That's all, and that's all in the editing. It is, and the, yeah, you're exactly right. That's that's some that's some really fine tight tight editing. Yeah, I mean, people are calling for like give give Mr. Robot all the the Oscars or the Emmys. What right. what is it? The Oscars? The Emmys, it's Emmys. Emmys. Yeah. Uh I don't think I'd go that far, but for damn sure I think some of the some of the visual effects and an audio crew. I mean, from what I've seen, I wouldn't get I wouldn't put I don't think the acting is up there. I think the acting has been much better on other shows. Huh. I don't think it's bad here. I right. think I think just what they're asked to do is not all that difficult. Yeah. Um, whereas I've seen other shows this year, <clears throat> Leftovers, uh, uh-huh. that maybe deserve the the acting awards. But man, this show from a production standpoint is killing it. Yeah, writing. I think editing. Um, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see this get some love as far as the performances because I think I I, I think they're better than you're giving credit for, especially because I continue to be fascinated with what Angela's doing. Yeah, but they're not the best, is my point. Like, Okay. I think there are better, and right. if there are better, they can't win for those. So that that's essentially my point. It's not as good as the best that I've seen this year, but everything else I think might be the best I've seen. That editing, I don't know who's doing this, but I should learn their well, name. Also is, I forget what we decided, but didn't the leftovers... Yeah, it got shunned got for everything. Sh- so, like, I don't think they're eligible next year. No, I don't think so. So, like, that's you can you can take that yeah. off the table. That's true. And they were never going to win anything anyway, apparently. So, right, right. It wouldn't have mattered. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see how it does with the Emmys. But goddamn, what a good episode! It was a great episode. Um, and again, the things uh, that we're left to ponder is, you know, how is this going to change Angela's relationship with the organization now that she's complicit in the death toll of. The worst terrorist attack in America, and it's, yeah. uh, you know, what is the official story going to be? Um, what immediately happens to Darlene and Elliot? Because it seems like almost certain they're going to be wanted, like, a number one status. Uh, and what how does bad, Tyrell like, do when he finds out Joanne is dead and his son's in custody? <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about Angela because in as much as I like her and I want her to not be evil... I'm worried that she's going to chalk it up to all for the cause. Here. Yeah. Um, well, she she clearly didn't want this to happen, but I don't think she's going to nope out because it did. I think the the drive of like no, her mother telling like her we'll now. see. Yeah. She's bought whole hog, full hog into this full thing. Hog. Um, I'm a little worried she's about got her. the full hog combo and she's got 10 stamps and she's getting a free milkshake too. Yep. Uh, the other thing is like, what does this do to E-Corp? Because E-Corp, <laughs> like what... The last two seasons have shown us that E Corp is circling the drain, and only these tra- cash transfusions from the Treasury and the China have given them time to get implement this solution. Like it seems yeah, like E Corp is just going to go in the free fall. They have to, especially because I can guarantee to you that they're not going to get the backing of China uh, for <laughs> no. their currency. They're not going to get the backing of anyone now because they're in shambles. Not unless China literally buys them out. I mean, they're a fucking target by terrorists. Who Who's going to back a currency that is created by the target of terrorists who seem more than capable of taking them down? Yeah. 
This is the second phase of this global attack, destroying well, E-Corp. Well, it's also because I mean, like, it seems like the one stable thing in America right now is E-Coin. So like, now uh-huh. that E-Coin is going to be further destabilized, I, I, yeah. I'm... Yeah, there's probably going to be a lot of top dab violations, and if you're just joining us, that's the the thing. I, the shorthand I came up for the things that that drive me batshit, like the yeah. the economic unreality of this show. But like, I do feel like that E Corp is is done, and like the, yeah, the, the question is, is Philip is Philip done? Is he got another trick up right. his sleeve? Is he going to have one last shot that he can fire from the grave at uh, White Rose? I just hope we see some badass smack from White Rose. Yeah. Like I, I just want to see the dressing down that Philip so deserves yeah. and has been asking for his entire life. Yeah, I, I like the there's an image gif of someone did from last year where Philip with his umbrella is threatening that he's going to rain fire and fear and like and, and yeah. down on White Rose and it had cut to White Rose doing a spit take laughing. It's <laughs> uh, pretty good. Yeah, because he's like his all of his threats have been impotent. They have. So he either needs to do something to put make establish to reestablish him as a player in my eyes, or that he needs to shuffle off the screen. Yep. Uh, and I'm happy that I I won't be saying that about Mr. Robot this season. Yeah, uh, uh, it's season two. I might have said that. I might have said if you don't fix season two, I will bring fire and blood down on you. Right. Uh, season three has thoroughly impressed me yeah i don't even see how they could drop the ball so bad in the final four episodes that i'd be like oof yeah, yeah. Um, in fact well we'll talk about that in the feedback i guess okay why don't we get to that hey do you like our mr robot podcast yes i do if, if you do uh the only reason it's around is because of the club point blank period if we didn't have the club we wouldn't be able to do this full time and we'd just be doing the walking dead and maybe game of thrones uh, rewatches. We wouldn't, you know, this is a small show. It's got a small audience, um, and we record it because we love it, and uh, because the audience supports us and gives us the time necessary to be able to do a good job on it. And if you'd like to be part of our community that helps us with that, you can join the club at club.baldmove.com. If you go there, you see a pitch for all the special features. There's links that let you preview a lot of that content. Um, whole episodes worth of that content and you can also try it for free for 30 days to see if the value is there for you again go to club.baldmove.com and get access to great features like our video game playthroughs of telltale games like wolf wolf uh, among us uh get uh special variety features like our quips uh get access to lunch with jim and aaron tons of bonus audio and video content at club.baldmove.com thanks for your support Okay, feedback, robot at baldmove.com. First up, Alex clarifying something from last week. The UN Security Council is made up of 10 temporary member countries and five permanent member countries. You mentioned the permanent ones in the podcast, UK, Russia, China, France, and USA. If the UN Security Council is asked to intervene in a situation, say China annexing the Congo, Security Council needs nine affirmative votes, but cannot act or react if there is one veto from a permanent member. Therefore, it only okay. require the U.S. to veto the resolution to intervene in order to halt the U.N.'s response. So it's got to be either abstaining or unanimous for the permanent members, and then also you got to get for the the non the temporaries. Right. So the U.S. did abstain, which yeah. which let the thing go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, that's where it's like the the it's 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 so it's the security can it's it's really tough because like with with United States and the UK and France on one side and China and Russia on the other it's it's really it's it's really hard to get broad agreement 
Yeah, that's probably uh, what uh, makes it work most of the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you, you essentially enforce a global stalemate, which is better than you know global global warfare, as yeah. we decided last entry. Mm-hmm. Jared C goes doctor uh, doctor disrespect on me with the wow 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 wow. I love this episode. I think it was the best episode of the season and one of my favorites of the entire show. I thought it was damn near perfect. The stuff with Elliot, and Mr. Robot, fighting for control was so good. Mm-hmm. Angela and Elliot at the beginning had me on the edge of my seat, still unresolved, but I think Elliot wanted to forgive her and just couldn't. Tyrell and what is exactly going to happen to him, I didn't ever really think they were going to kill him. It seemed too obvious, but wondering exactly what his new instructions were kept things pretty tense for me. At that ending, just perfect. I never saw a company uh, coming. Clearly, White Rose is 10 steps ahead of everyone else. I thought the whole episode was tense and suspenseful, and there were no dull moments. Also, let, let's be real. Tyrell could take Irving, right? Ah, uh, I'm not sure if I overvalue Bobby Cannavale's like animal ferocity because that third season of <laughs> Boardwalk. Boardwalk, where he's just uh-huh. a fucking monster. Yeah, like he's he he reads scary to me, even with the 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 Irving facade. I think I don't know. Tyrell certainly has. Practice Tyrell punching can chop people. wood. And, he and, can chop and, and wood. And he can chop wood. Uh, he's he's well built. has got about I, six inches on him, though. He does. He's got a, a, little, a little bit of height. Uh, but I feel like the used car salesman, probably not in as good a shape as a Tyrell. You don't have any bums he's fought. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I don't know where he got those bums. The, the, the high-pressure world of you know, used car salesmanship. <laughs> his, his world's best bum mug would say he's fought at least one. <laughs> world's best bum fighter. Uh-huh. Um, no, he took it. He took it from the world's best bum. Right, right. And you know the world's best bum didn't give that mug up easy. No. Jared C. says, The show's known for its soundtrack, but I think they really stepped it up here. The music seemed to be perfectly placed in each scene and added to the tension. Um, finally, do you think after what just happened that Mr. Robot and Elliot will start working together to take down White Rose and the Dark Army? I'm all in for that. Yeah, I, I hope so. Because I'm trying to think how they could fight how they could fight more and still be entertaining and still survive because (laughs) they're setting up where like Elliot might have to fight for his life here and they have to work together. And like, are they going to have to work together bifurcated? Are they going to start coming together like they were in season one? Those are all very interesting questions that I don't have the answer to. Well, I think the, the change here, the, the thing that changes the equation is the white rose has screwed them all over. Yeah. Um, including in Mr. Robot. He, she has lied to him, uh, kept him in the dark as to the actual plan, and I think Mr. Robot is going gonna, is gonna to turn on them right. at some point. Yeah. And so I got yeah. another kind of— I, I don't know. It depends on what kind of devotee he is to the cause, because this undoubtedly contributed more to the cause than trying to get all these papers here and blow them up in one building. Right. He might think, like, oh, this is actually better, uh, you know, hands off or hats off. Yeah. So I have a, a kind of a bold prediction, which okay. is if the Angela has her own kind of Mr. Robot subroutine, has any validity to it, like if she's got a hidden Emily, is it Emily? Is it her mom's name? I don't know. Uh, you know, Miss Angela, if she's got a hidden <laughs> mom component or something, like that's got to be revealed this season. If there's a there's a shred of truth to it, if we go into the finale and there's no overt hint that she's hmm. got another personality that's 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 taking over from time to time then i i'm gonna be i'm gonna ride hard against that theory because there's no fucking okay. way you can have that thing in plain sight for three seasons 
and and not build anything off. Like we're, we'll be well over to halfway mark from what I understand of the Mr. Robot arc at the end of this season. And, and they, they, they have to establish that I think. Okay. Like, uh, Mr. Robot doesn't have to know about it. Ellie doesn't have to know about it, but I think we, the television viewer, have to know about it. What do you think about, while we're talking about meta stuff, what do you think about, at the end of this season, how well do you need to understand where this plot is going? Like, do you think that they need to, to show their cards a little bit about any science fiction concepts they are going to play with? Man, because, that could be why this feels like a finale, but we've got four more because something... You know, bigger, like something again, truly like you know, I, I feel like the Matrix did a good job of pushing the reveal of what the movie was about as far into its runtime as possible, hmm. before they're like kind of opened your eyes to what like it was well into the second act, mm-hmm. and we're well into the second act of like a potential five season run of Mister Robot. I feel like that as many hints as they're dropping that like, if we don't have any concrete time travel, parallel dimensional, whatever kind of thing, then again, we got to start throwing some of those uh, speculations out the window and trying to come up with something a little bit more grounded. Yeah. I'm with you. I think um, I, at the very least, like the battle between Elliot and the dark army at large, white Rose is going to have to come into focus. Um, at the, at the end of this season because they they need that to feel like an epic battle as much of an epic battle as e-corp has been yeah because I, because white rose has been getting one over on e-corp the entire time so if they spend right three seasons on e-corp and they spend one season on white rose that will feel a little lopsided to me yeah and and also and in whatever way you know that that unfolds, I don't know if it'll be sci-fi. And, but. and how to how where what's a believable way for Elliot and Darlene to fight the Dark Army? <laughs> because that's the thing. Like in Hacking. season one, when they were just Chinese hacker, but like uh-huh. now do we know that that army is not just some elite hacker speak shit, but they legit have an army of fanatical and suicidal potential warriors? Like Elliot doesn't have that kind of muscle. No, and I honestly don't believe he has the influence i mean he doesn't have the influence obviously um but i don't know that he has the intelligence and the cunning to outthink white rose mr robot might mr robot might that's what i'm saying like 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 what if they synthesize where they're like using both parts of their brain and personality okay but but that's the thing like maybe maybe mr robot has to become like would it be interesting if mr robot becomes the pov character in season four and elliot is the takes to mr Rowe like we only huh. see small glimpses of him kind of because like yeah. if you need a wartime consigliere you got to bring out mr robot because yeah you're right <laughs> elliot elliot doesn't have the resolve to, to fight this kind of knife fight gunfight <laughs> yeah because it's gonna get dirty it has to um let's go on to james feedback i just want to send in a theory i have about the price of things in the mr robot universe i'm not an economist but i do have some business experience selling things in the developing world in countries where there are two viable currencies, think countries with a strong colonial past or small underdeveloped countries near larger, more developed ones. Myanmar. Inflation, <laughs> inflation for the less valued or less stable currency can happen quickly and to the extreme. If people mm. became afraid they might not be able to uh, get rid of their Malaysian ringgits because of some emergency, they will sell them cheaply for the more stable Singapore dollar. For the price of goods and ringgits can change quickly, spike to very high peaks based on emotion and fluctuate wildly. 
In addition, the quote-unquote bad currency will drive out the good currency out of circulation. If you have both ringgits and Singapore dollars in your wallet, and you're worried about the future value of your ringgits, you will hold on to your dollars and use your ringgits to buy things, because you want to get rid of them because there's a perceived risk to holding them for a long time. However, you will not spend your dollars because they become your insurance against a total collapse of the ringgit. Huh. In this example, Singapore dollars will fall out of circulation even though they are the more stable currency. Right. In Mr. Robot, the U.S. now has two currencies, U.S. dollars and e-coins. It could be we are seeing the same effect here. If people believe in e-coin more than the dollar, there will be dramatic do- dollar inflation shown by the $25 apples. But e-coins will fall out of circulation. Mr. Price reference to the unstable exchange rate between dollars and e-coin could be an example of this. Hmm. It's interesting because, like I said, I didn't um, – Seems to make sense. but Yeah, that's something that I – is a counterintuitive – yeah. But it makes sense. It's like, you know, the, the stable currency becomes like your gold right. that you keep locked in the safe. And the thing that like goes up and down and all around is the stuff you spend because, you know, it's dangerous. It could be worth nothing next week. <laughs> yeah, but but if it's the only thing people are spending, yeah, it de facto yeah. becomes the only currency worth anything. Right. Because that's the, you know, the other thing is you understand about like, you know, modern economic systems is it's all about the velocity and circulation yeah. of a dollar and less about the, the hoarding up of something. Yep. You know, like you spending that, getting in the economy and when working for you is more prize than, than, than saving. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to David M. Amazing episode. Possibly my favorite of the series. They play on current events at Mar-a-Lago. Elliot fighting himself down the stairs in the hallway. The heaven-hell imagery with Darlene bust into Angela's all-white apartment from the all-red hallway. Esmail <laughs> puts so much effort into every detail, it's a shame the viewership's so low. I tell everyone I know to watch, but I don't think anyone does. I appreciate you guys sticking with the series, and I hope USA does too. Yeah, we've been actually thinking about what ways we can use our, you know, what, what clout we have uh, to get attention for Mr. Robot, because I am starting to agree. This is starting to be a criminally unappreciated show. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it did have an off season that last year. No, it was not bad television. It just was not as good as the first season was. And this third season is phenomenal. Yeah. So what do we do? Like, I am a little gun shy because I thought the first season was, was good, but there was some problems in the end that I, you know, that you, you can hear me talk about in the season two preview podcast. I thought season two is very mixed. Like, do I go and like put my like just just insist that everyone stop what they're doing and watch Mister Robot and give it till season three? <laughs> yeah, because like That's we already a big ask. I, I think don't we know that they're already having another season? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I thought they had at least two and, more, and they talk about yeah five season arc for this thing. So like, I kind of like I guess if if maybe the way we reward it is to really talk it up into Baldies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because like I, I would, I, and I don't think we're going to have to artificially do that. I think it's going to be yeah, part of the conversation. I was, but I was thinking like, because you know, I had this idea of like, well, maybe we should use the uh, housekeeping section to just be like, hey, of, of like Game of Thrones before we stop, because that's got like ninety thousand people listening to it. Like, what if we said like, you know, if you need to stop and watch, but that those audiences, I don't know if they necessarily cross over. Yeah. Um. 
maybe we can turn on some Westworld people to it because I feel like those audiences would be natural crossovers. I think so, yeah. Westworld's a big audience. That's coming back soon. So, like, at the end of Westworld Season 2, we could be like, hey, if you're looking for something to scratch to kind of like, oh, God, what's real and philosophical science fiction itch, check out Mr. Robot. Mm -hmm. And hopefully Season 3 will stand up to that that, that level of, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, sponsorship and scrutiny. Matt K, Wednesday's night, Mr. Robot was one of the best hours of television I've ever seen. I wasn't Whoa. sure how they could build more suspense after the one-shot episode, but the show leaned into moments of possible character depth deaths that had me on the edge of my seat. With Darlene confronting Angela simultaneously with Dom going into the barbecue basement, I never... I, I'm surprised, I guess, I didn't pick up at the, the, the danger of Darlene and Angela. Yeah. Because Angela don't give a fuck. And Darlene, I think, could absolutely (laughs) break Angela's neck if she had to. Or burn her. Like, turn her into the FBI, right? right? I mean, that's that's possible. But, yeah, death. I think if Darlene says, well, I'm going to turn you in, Angela might take her out that's what i'm saying like that should have i should have been more aware of like the naked danger rather than just kind of you know for some reason i still view darlene as like a way bigger threat than angela from from like a a scale of man who could take you out angela's got fucking superpowers i think yeah i i'm not sure why I i still think that but darlene seems edgier and she's certainly got rougher edges yeah like like if you if you uh, number one suspect of who would punch me first in like a at a bar, Darlene. Yeah, she'd punch me five times before Angela would even think about it. So, and she's got the sketchier motivation too, right? Like yeah. she she essentially dreamed up this whole thing. Uh, granted, Elliot ran with the fucker, but right. Angela's like doing it all for her mom, right? Like I want to see my mom again. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I know that's like boiling it down to its most ridiculous base right. level, but right. Darlene's got the edgier motivations too. Okay, I think I can get along with that or get 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 on board that. Um, I thought the show was easily setting up us up for a death. Perhaps Dom's investigation is cut short when she could be shot by Irving or Tyrell in the basement, or maybe Darlene's killed by Angela. I was relieved when both made it out alive after Joanna Wellick's death. Nearly any death besides Elliot seems possible. I totally agree with that. Like, White Rose and Elliot yeah. are the only two people that I think are certain not to die. Yep. Everybody else could die. And, like, jo- Joanna Wellick, sh- the, the sudden and senselessness of it is is what sells you on that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, Elliot finding out about the 71 building exploding was chilling. Do you think the next phase of the show could be Mr. Robot aligning with Elliot to stop the Dark Army? Yeah, I mean, seems like what they're hinting at. Um, did you see any of the speculation around the 71E? No. Because, like, that the 71E is, like, a valid hexadecimal number that resolves into, like, I don't know, 1858, and there's some significant... I I never know what is too crazy for this show, right? And I I I seem like the ARG stuff was pretty light. So, did you see anything that was like they were really trying to hint at any real life crossover stuff for this week? I di- I didn't see any of it. No, okay, it might have been there, but yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, that's all the feedback we have for this week. If you'd like to send us more, you can do so at robot at baldmove dot com or get on our forums forums stopallmove.com where we have uh, an episode thread for every episode. All right. There you go. Uh, That's it for this week. I think 
from what I could tell from looking at Wikipedia and IMDb, they are not going to take a week off for Thanksgiving next week. So okay. we that means we're not going to be able to either. We will be uh, here recording a, a Mr. Robot podcast if Mr. Robot airs as normal. Um, so we'll be back next week for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.